Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. This week we're going to be reading Chapter 8 in The Wind in the Willows, which is titled, Like Summer Tempests Came His Tears. And summer tempests is a phrase, an old phrase, and basically means storms. The storms that come in summertime, like thunder and hail and lightning and lots of rain. That's what summer tempests mean. And remember, we left Toad in the last chapter. He had just been on the barge with the barge woman who he was trying to tell him or or trick her into thinking he was a washerwoman and all these things. And she, she realized he was lying and she threw him off her barge into the water and he had to climb onto shore. And, um, he came into contact with, thank God, the water rat. So that's where we ended it. We're going to pick up from there after these words. Chapter 8. Like Summer Tempests Came His Tears. The rat put out a neat little brown paw, gripped Toad firmly by the scruff of the neck, and gave a great hoist and a pull, and the waterlogged Toad came up slowly but surely over the edge of the hole, till at last he stood safe and sound in the hall streaked with mud and weed to be sure, and with the water streaming off him, but happy and high-spirited as of old, now that he found himself once more in the house of a friend, and dodgings and evasions were over, and he could lay aside the disguise that was unworthy of his position and wanted such a lot of living up to. "'Oh, Ratty!' he cried. I've been through such time since I saw you last. You can't even think. Such trials, and all so nobly born. Then such escapes, such disguises, such subterfuges, and all so cleverly planned and carried out. When at last Toad had talked himself to a standstill, there was a silence for a while. And then the rat said, Now, Toady... I don't want to give you pain after all you've been through already, but seriously, don't you see what an awful ass you're making of yourself? And on your own admission, you have been handcuffed, imprisoned, starved, chased, terrified out of your life, insulted, jeered at, and ignominiously flung into the water. Where is the amusement in that? Where does the fun come in? And all because you must needs go and steal a motor car. You know that you've never had anything but trouble from motor cars from the moment you first set eyes on one. Now it was very comforting point in Toad's character that he was a good-hearted animal and never minded being scolded by his friends. When the rat had quite finished, 
Toad heaved a deep sigh and said very nicely and humbly, Quite right, Ratty. Yes, I've been a conceited old fool, and I can't quite see that now. But now I'm going to be a good toad and not do it anymore. We'll have our coffee, and then I'm going to stroll quietly down to Toad Hall and get into clothes of my own and set things going again on the old lines. I've had enough of adventures. Stroll quietly down to Toad Hall? cried the rat greatly excited. What are you talking about? Do you mean to say you haven't heard? Heard what? said Toad, turning rather pale. Go on, Ratty, quick! Don't spare me! What haven't I heard? Do you mean to tell me, shouted the rat, thumping with his little fist upon the table, that you haven't heard nothing about the stoats and the weasels? What? The wild wooders? cried Toad, trembling in every limb. No, not a word. What have they been doing? And how have they been and taken to Toad Hall? continued Rat. Toad leaned his elbows on the table and his chin in his paws, and a large tear welled up in his eyes, overflowed, <clears throat> and splashed on the table, plop, plop. Go on, Ratty, he murmured presently. Tell me all. The worst is over. I'm an animal again. I can bear it. Well, when when you got into that, that trouble of yours, said Ratty slowly and impressively, I mean, when you disappeared from society for a time, over that misunderstanding about a machine, you know, Toad merely nodded. Well, one dark night, it was a very dark night, and blowing hard, too, and raining simply cats and dogs, a band of weasels, armed to the teeth, crept silently up on the carriage drive there to the front entrance. Simultaneously, a body of desperate ferrets advancing through the kitchen garden possessed themselves of the backyard and offices. And then a company of skirmishing stoats who stuck at nothing of occupying the conservatory and the billiard room and held the French windows opening onto the lawn. And the wild wooders have been living in Toad Hall ever since. And they're telling everybody that they've come to stay for good. Oh, have they? said Toad, getting up and seizing a stick. I'll jolly soon see about that. Oh, it's no good, Toad, called the rat after him. You'd better come back and sit down. You'll only get into trouble. But the Toad was off, and there was no holding him. He marched rapidly down the road, his stick over his shoulder, fuming and muttering to himself in his anger, till he got near his front gate, when suddenly there popped from behind the palings a long yellow ferret with a gun. Who comes there? the ferret said sharply. Stuff and nonsense, said the toad very angrily. What do you mean by talking like that to me? Come out of that at once, or I'll... The ferret said never a word, but he brought his gun up to his shoulder. Toad prudently dropped the flat, uh, flat down into the road, and bang, a bullet whizzed over toad's head. 
The startled toad scrambled to his feet and scampered off down the road as hard as he could. And as he ran, he heard the ferret laughing and the other horrid thin little laughs taking it up and carrying on sound. He went back, very crestfallen, and told the water rat. What did I tell you? said the rat. It's no good. They've got sentries posted, and they're all armed. You must just wait, for I'm convinced that we can do nothing until we've seen the mole and the badger and heard their latest news and held conference and taking their advice in this difficult matter. Oh, ah, yes, of course, the mole and the badger, said the toad lightly. What's become of them, the dear fellows? I had forgotten all about them. Well, may you ask, said the rat reproachfully, while you were riding about the country in the expensive motor cars and galloping proudly on blood horses and breakfasting on the fat of the land, those two poor devoted animals have been camping out in the open in every sort of weather, living very rough by day and lying very hard by night, watching over your house, patrolling your boundaries, keeping a constant eye on the stoats and the weasels, scheming and planning and contriving how to get your property back for you. You don't deserve to have such true loyal friends, Toad. You don't, really. Some day when it's too late, you'll be sorry you didn't value them more while you had them. <sighs> I am an ungrateful beast, I know, sobbed Toad. Shredding bitter tear, shedding bitter tears. Let me go out and find them, out into the cold, dark night, and share their hardships and try and prove by. Hold on a bit. Surely I heard the chink of dishes on a tray. Supper's here at last! Hooray! Come on, Rowdy. The rat remembered that poor Toad had been on prison food for a considerable time, and that large allowances had therefore to be made. He followed him to the table accordingly, and hospitably encouraged him in his gallant efforts to make up for past privations. They had just finished their meal and resumed their armchairs, when there came a heavy knock at the door. Toad was nervous, but the rat, nodding mysteriously at him, went straight up to the door and opened it, and in walked Mr. Badger. He had all the appearance of one who for some nights had been kept away from home in all its little comforts and conveniences. His shoes were covered with mud, and he was looking very rough and tousled. But then he had never been a very smart man, the Badger, at the best of times. He came solemnly up to Toad, shook him by the paw, and said, Welcome home, Toad. Alas, what am I saying? Home, indeed. This is a poor homecoming, unhappy Toad. Then he turned his back on him, sat down to the table, drew up his chair, and helped himself to a large slice of cold pie. Toad was quite alarmed at this very serious and portentous style of a greeting, but the rat whispered to him, Never mind, don't take any notice, and don't say anything to him just yet. He's always rather low and despondent when he's wanting his victuals. In a half an hour's time, he'll be quite a different animal. So they waited in silence, and presently there came another and lighter knock at the door. The rat, with a nod to the toad, went to the door and ushered in the mole. 
very shabby and unwashed with bits of hay and straw sticking out of his fur. Hooray! Here's old Toad, cried the mole, his face beaming. Fancy having you back again, and he began to dance around him. We never dreamt you would return up so soon. Why, you must have managed to escape, you clever, ingenious, intelligent Toad. The rat, alarmed, pulled him by the elbow, but it was too late. Toad was puffing and swelling already. Clever? Oh, no, he said. I'm not really clever, according to my friends. I've only broken out of the strongest prison in England, that's all. And captured a railway train and escaped on it, that's all. And disguised myself and gone about the country humbugging everybody, that's all. Oh, no, I'm not a stupid fool. I'll tell you one or two of my little adventures, Mole, and you shall judge for yourself. Well, well, said the Mole, moving towards the supper table. Supposing you talk while I eat. Not a bite since breakfast, oh, my, oh, my. And he sat down and helped himself liberally to the cold beef and pickles. Toad straddled on the hearth rug, thrust his paw into his trouser pocket, and pulled out a handful of silver. Look at that, he cried, displaying it. That's not so bad, is it, for a few minutes' work? And how do you think I done it, Mole? Horse dealing, that's how I done it. Oh, go on, Toad, said the Mole, interested. Toad, do be quiet, please, said the Rat. And don't you egg him on, Mole, when you know what he is. But please tell us as soon as possible what the position is and what's the best to be done now that Toad is back at last, remember? Oh, right. Uh, the position's about as bad as it can be, replied the Mole grumpily. And as for what's to be done, why, blessed if I know. The Badger and I have been round and round the place by night, by day, always the same thing. Sentries posted everywhere, guns poking out at us, stones thrown at us, always an animal on the lookout. And when they see us, my, oh, how do they laugh. That's what annoys me the most. It's a very difficult situation, said the Rat, reflecting deeply. But I think I see now in the depths of my mind what Toad really ought to do. I will tell you. He ought to. No, he oughtn't, shouted the mole with his mouth full. Nothing of the sort. You don't understand. What he ought to do is he ought to. Well, I shan't do it anyway, cried the mole, getting excited. I'm not going to be ordered around by you fellows. It's my house we're talking about, and I know exactly what to do. And I tell you, I'm going to. By this time, they were all three talking at once at the top of their voices, and the noise was simply deafening, Where, when a thin, dry voice made itself heard, saying, Be quiet at once, all of you. And instantly everyone was silent. It was the badger, who, having finished his pie, had turned round his chair and was looking at them severely. When he saw that he had secured their attention and that they were evidently waiting for him to address them, he turned back to the table again and reached for the cheese. 
and so great was the respect commanded by the solid quantities of that admirable animal that not another word was uttered until he had quite finished his cheese and brushed the crumbs from his knees. The toad fidgeted a good deal, but the rat held him firmly down. When Badger was quite done, he got up from his seat and stood before the fireplace, reflecting deeply, and at last he spoke. Toad, he said severely, you bad, troublesome little animal. Aren't you ashamed of yourself? What do you think your father, my old friend, would have said if he'd seen and been here tonight and known all of your goings-on? Toad, who was on the sofa by this time with his legs rolled up, rolled over his face, shaken by sobs of contrition. There, there, went on the badger more kindly. Never mind, stop crying. We're going to be let bygones be bygones and try to turn over a new leaf. But what the mole says is quite true. The stoats are on guard at every point, and they make the best sentinels in the world. It's quite useless to think of attacking the place. They're too strong for us. Then it's all over, sobbed the toad, crying into the sofa cushions. I shall go and enlist for a soldier and never see my dear toad hall again. Oh, come, cheer up, toady, said the badger. There are more ways of getting back a place than taking it by storm. I haven't said my last word yet. Now I'm going to tell you a great secret. Toad sat up slowly and dried his eyes. Secrets had an immense attraction for him because he never could keep them. <laughs> and he enjoyed the sort of unhallowed thrill he experienced when he went and told another animal after having faithfully promised not to. There is an underground passage, said the badger impressively, that leads from the river bank quite near here, right up into the middle of Toad Hall. Oh, nonsense, Badger, said the Toad rather airily. You've been listening to some sort of yarns they spill in the public houses about here. I know every inch of Toad Hall, inside and out. Nothing of the sort, I do assure you, exists. My young friend, said the Badger with great severity, your father, who was a worthy animal, a lot worthier than you, I know, was a particular friend of mine and told me a great deal he wouldn't have dreamt of telling you. He discovered that passage. He didn't make it, of course. That was done hundreds of years before he never ever came, before he ever came there. And he repaired it and cleaned it out because he thought it might come in use some day in case of trouble or danger. And he showed it to me. Don't let my son know about it, he said. He's a good boy, but very light and volatile in character and simply cannot hold his tongue. If he's ever in a real fix and it would be of use to him, you may tell him about the secret passage, but not before. The other animals looked hard at Toad to see how he would take it. Toad was inclined to be sulky at first but brightened up immediately like the good fellow he was. Well, well, he said, perhaps I'm a bit of a talker, a popular fellow such as I. My friends get round me, we chafe, we sparkle, we tell witty stories, and somehow my tongue gets wagging. 
I have the gift of conversation. Never mind. Go on, Badger. How's this passage of yours going to help us? I've found out a thing or two lately, continued the Badger. I got Otter to disguise himself as a sweep and call at the back door with brushes over his head asking for a job. There's going to be a big banquet tomorrow night. It's somebody's birthday, the chief weasel, I believe. And all the weasels will be gathered together in the dining hall, eating and drinking and laughing and carrying on, suspecting nothing. No guns, no swords, no sticks, no arms of any sort. But the sentinels will be posted as usual, remarked the rat. Exactly, said the badger. That is my point. The weasels will trust entirely to their excellent sentinels. And that is where the passage comes in. That very useful tunnel leads right up under the butler pantry next to the dining hall. Aha! That squeaky board in the butler's pantry, said the toad. Now I understand it. We shall creep out quietly into the butler's pantry, cried the mole. We'll have our pistols and our swords and our sticks, shouted the rat. And rush in upon them, said the badger. And whack em and whack em and whack em, cried the toad in ecstasy, running round and round the room and jumping over the chairs. Very well, then, the badger resumed his usual dry manner. Our plan is settled, and there's nothing more for you to argue and squabble about. So, as it's getting very late, all of you go right off to bed at once. We will make all the necessary arrangements in the course of the morning tomorrow. Toad, of course, went off to bed dutifully with the rest. He knew better than to refuse, though he was feeling much too excited to sleep. But he had a long day, with many events crowded into it, and the sheets and blankets were very friendly and comforting things, after plain straw and not too much of it spread on stone and floor of a drafty cell. His head had been not been many seconds on the pillow before he was snoring happily. Naturally, he dreamt a good deal about roads that ran away from him just when he wanted them, and canals that chased him and caught him, and a barge that sailed into the banqueting hall with his week's washing just as he was giving a dinner party, and he was alone in the secret passage, pushing onwards, but it twisted and turned round and shook itself and sat up on its end. Yet somehow at last he found himself back in Toad Hall, safe and triumphant, with all his friends gathered round him, earnestly assuring him that he really was a clever toad. He slept a late hour next morning, and by the time he got down, he found that the other animals had finished their breakfast some time before. The mole had slipped off somewhere by himself without telling anyone where he was going to. The badger sat in the armchair reading the paper and not concerning himself in the slightest about what was going to happen that very evening. The rat, on the other hand, was running around the room, busy, with his arms full of weapons of every kind, distributing them into four little heaps on the floor, and saying excitedly under his breath as he ran, Here's a sword for rat, here's a sword for mole, here's a sword for toad, here's a sword for badger, here's a pistol for rat, here's a pistol for mole, here's a pistol for toad, here's a pistol for badger, and so on, in a regular rhythm, with four little heaps gradually growing and growing. That's all very well, rat, said the badger presently, 
looking at the busy little animal over on the edge of his newspaper. I'm not blaming you, but just let us once get past the stoats with those detestable guns in their hands, and I assure you we shan't want any swords or pistols. We four with our sticks, once we're inside the dining hall, why, we shall clear the floor of all of them in five minutes. I'd have done the whole thing by myself, only I didn't want to deprive you fellows of the fun. It was all to be safe on the safe side, said Rat. That's all, reflectively polishing a pistol barrel on his sleeve and looking at it. The toad, having finished his breakfast, picked up a stout stick and swung it vigorously, crying and going after imaginary animals. I'll learn em to steal my house, he cried. I'll learn em, I'll learn em. Don't say learn em, toad, said the rat, greatly shocked. It's not good English. What are you nagging at toad for, inquired the badger rather peevishly. What's the matter with his English? It's the same what I use for myself, and if it's good enough for me, it ought to be good enough for you. Oh, I'm very sorry, said the rat humbly, only I think it ought to be teach em not learn em. But we don't want to teach em, replied the badger. We want to learn em. Learn em, learn em. And what's more, we're going to do it too. Oh, very well. Have it your own way, said the rat. He was getting rather muddled about himself, and presently he retired into a corner where he could be heard muttering, learn em, teach em, learn em, teach em, till badger told him rather sharply to be quiet. Presently, the mole came into the room, evidently very pleased with himself. I've been having such fun, he began at once. I've been getting a rise out of the stoats. I hope you've been careful, mole, said Rat anxiously. I should hope so, too, said the mole confidently. I got the idea when I was in the kitchen. I was about to see Toad's breakfast before he got up to keep it hot. I found that old washerwoman's dress that he came home in yesterday, hanging on a towel horse before the fire. So I put it on, and the bonnet as well, and the shawl, and off I went to Toad Hall as a bold as you please. The sentries were on the lookout, of course, with their guns, and their who comes there, and all the rest of their nonsense. Good morning, gentlemen, says I very respectively. Want any washing done today? They looked at me proud and stiff and haughty and said, Go away, washerwoman. We don't do any washing on duty. Oh, any other time, says I. <laughs> Wasn't I a funny toad? Poor frivolous animal, said Toad very loftily. The fact is he felt exceedingly jealous of Mole for what he had done. It was exactly what he would have liked to have done himself if only he had thought of it first and hadn't gone and overslept. Some of the stouts turned quite pink, continued the mole, and the sergeant in charge, he said to me, very short, he said, Now run away, my good washerwoman, run away. Don't keep my men idling and talking on their posts. Run away, says I. It won't be me that'll be running away in a very short time from now. Oh, holy moly, how could you, said the rat, dismayed. The badger laid down his paper. I could see them pricking up their ears and looking at each other, went on the mole, and the sergeant said to them, Never mind her, she doesn't know what she's talking about. 
Oh, I don't, said I. Well, let me tell you this. My daughter, she washes for Mr. Badger, and that'll show you whether I know what I'm talking about, and you'll know pretty soon, too. A hundred bloodthirsty badgers armed with rifles are going to attack Toad Hall this very night by way of the paddock. Six boatloads of rats with pistols and cutlasses will come up the river and effect a landing in the garden, while a picked body of toads, known as the diehards, or, or the death or glory toads, will storm the orchards, orchards and carry everything before them, yelling with vengeance. There won't be much left of you to wash by the time they're done with you, unless you clear out while you have the chance. Then I ran away, and as I was out of sight, I hid, and presently I came creeping back along the ditch and took a peep at them through the hedge. They were all nervous and flustered as could be, running all ways at once and falling over each other, and everyone was giving orders to everybody else and not listening, and the sergeant kept sending off parties of stoats to distant parts of the grounds and then sending other fellows to fetch him back again. And I heard him saying to each other, That's just like the weasels. They're to stop comfortably in banqueting in the hall and have feasting and toasts and songs and all sorts of fun while we must be the ones staying on guard in the cold and the dark and in the end be cut to pieces by bloodthirsty badgers. Oh, you silly fool, Mole, cried Toad. You've been and spoiled everything. Mole, said the badger in his dry, quiet way. I perceive you have more sense in your little finger than some animals have in their whole bodies. You've managed excellently, and I have great hopes of you. Good mole, clever mole. The toad was wild with jealousy. But fortunately, before he could show temper or expose himself to the badger's sarcasm, the bell rang for lunch. It was a simple meal, bacon and beans and macaroni pudding, and while they had done, the badger settled into an armchair and said, Well, we've got our work cut out for us tonight, and it will be late before we're through with it, so I'm going to take forty winks and I drew a handkerchief over his my face, and I will be soon snoring. The anxious and laborious rat at once resumed his preparations and started running between his four little heaps, muttering, Here's a belt for rat, here's a belt for mole, here's a belt for toad, here's a belt for badger, and so on, with every fresh accoutrement he produced, to which there seemed really no end, so the mole drew his arm through Toad's, led him out into the open air, shoved him into a wicker chair, and made him tell him as his adventures from beginning to end, which Toad was only too willing to do. The mole was a good listener, and Toad, with no one to check his statements or criticize in an unfriendly spirit, rather let himself go. Indeed, much that he related belonging more properly to the category of what might have happened had I only thought of it in the time instead of ten minutes afterwards. Those are always the best and the raciest adventures, and why should they not be truly ours? 
as much as somewhat inadequate things they really come off. Guys, that is the end of chapter eight. So we have the four guys, mole, badger, rat, and of course toad are conspiring. They're working together to figure out how they're going to take back Toad Hall from the stouts and the weasels who have taken it over. And Mole went and kind of tipped off all the soldiers that are keeping watch of the hall and let them know there was going to be an attack, which wasn't the smartest thing to do, but they're still going to follow through with their plan. So come back next week when we finish the book, The Wind in the Willows, with Chapter 9. Have a great day or a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. You can find us on any major podcast platform, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and many more. So please make sure your parents are subscribing so you can get notified every time we release a new episode. If you want to give us a shout out, please reach out to us either on our Instagram or Facebook pages, or you can send an email to sleepyheadstoriespodcast at gmail.com or go on our website and send us a message there. We want to thank you all for listening in each week, and we want to say hello to all of our new listeners. We love doing sleepyhead stories. We love hearing from all of you, and we love reading books. So thanks for joining in on all the fun. Have a great day or a great night, and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you.